Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blue Moon. You saw me standing alone. Without a dream in my heart. Without a Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and we've got two guests here today uh, in the studio. We've got Stuart Brodkin. Stuart, how are you? Good, thank you. Looking well? You're looking fit and well, and I say that for a reason, because nothing no, wrong with you? Nobody else is fit except me, yeah. Exactly. I've not been here for a couple of weeks. Steve Cox did a grand job with you last week, uh, stepping in while I have the lurgy, but I'm, uh, I shall try not to cough too much. But uh, great to be back, talking about uh, the Sky Blues. And uh, on the phone, we've got... Uh, an injured little soldier. Graham Reed, welcome back to the show, Greedy. Hi, Nigel. So tell us, come on, you're, you're there, you're on crutches, you've been under the knife, we're concerned. Yeah, well, tell us all about a, it. It's a hip replacement for a man of 48, which is uh, slightly disappointing, <laughs> and has finally put the end, the final nail in the coffin, to me ever performing on the hallow turf of Manchester City. But I should be back and um, and, and walking about without crutches within two or three weeks. So, yeah, that's what uh, I've been up to. Well, I know, and men the listeners will know, you've always been a keen sportsman, both sort of uh, bat and ball uh, in the summer and then sort of the, the, the football in, in the winter. Does that, is that all that gone as well, do you think, or do you think there's a well, way back? I think, I think they're pretty... I mean, I don't play... I don't really play seriously anymore anyway. But I think, um, I think by the time March comes round... I should be back doing a little bit of five-a-side and a little bit of jogging and a little bit of tennis and then uh, and a bit of cricket at a very gentle pace in the summer. So I think it, hopefully it'll all be OK. And then all that has to happen is in 10 years I have to have it all done again. So there you go. Well, we wish you well, Graham, and it's good to have Thank you on you the show. Much. And it's been a while because you've been travelling around the place. And uh, should we start off with, uh, is 
10 wins out of 12 games a good result with just two draws? Or is that really disappointing for the champions? So let's, let's just kick off with that. So, Stuart, what, what's your view? Is that disappointing or are we happy with that? Uh, I'm happy with that. I think uh, the Burnley game is the only game I think we should have won. Uh, Everton, we, we didn't get the ball on target enough against their second team goalkeeper. Uh, and in the Premier League, as you all know, if you don't take your chances, you get punished, even against poor teams. Everton are not a poor team. They're a good to middling team. Um, you know, I thought at half-time, you know, that if we'd not, we should have been away and gone. And we weren't. I knew that something would come back to, to haunt us. It did. Uh, we managed one goal. They managed one goal. I, th- I think it could be a good point at the end of the season, but we, we'll have to wait and see. But if we were sitting at the start of the season and said, OK, at 21, after 21 games, we'd be sitting second in the league, two points behind the leaders, you would, would have taken that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. But I, I'm not sure that yet we are playing as well as we did in our title-winning seasons, you know, maybe over 70% of those seasons. Um, we haven't really, really hit the heights yet, I don't think. I don't know whether uh, Reedy agrees with that or not. So, so what do you reckon, Graham? Are you, is it cup half full or cup half empty in terms of sort of... T- I'm, I'm delighted with it all. And I go back to your original question, 10, 10, 10 wins out of 12 is fantastic. Obviously, the culmination of Roma away, which I was at, was fabulous night and uh, was terrific. So all that's great. The only thing I would say is having got to the Burnley game, and, and I haven't had... No, nobody seems to have pressed this question to anybody in the press that I've read, is that having... Playing Burnley at home, Yaya's due to go away to the Africa. Now, who cares about Yaya once he's in Africa and whether he's tired there? We play Burnley at home. We rest Yaya Toure. We're 2-0 up, and we manage to draw two all. And one thing he does, even though he's lazy old sod, is that he, he does keep the ball against poor teams. You know when you're at home and they have 10 defenders, he has an amazing ability to keep the ball and give it to someone from his own team. And when he doesn't play, uh, particularly against poorer sides they miss him terribly because he he is very good and I thought that had we gone in on January the 1st actually ahead first place on our own ahead of Chelsea I think psychologically that would have been very good but you can't complain at 10 wins in 12 so I'm not going to but but going back to what you said about Yaya as it's been said many times Reedy you know when you're in four competitions as we were at the time when you're the champions you've got a squad the size we've got you've got a squad rotation he's not going to play every game is he and to be fair before the the game you know not playing against Burnley was probably one you'd choose that he he stood down from yeah, but uh, unfortunately, when we went to Rome without him and you're playing a game of let the other team have the ball for long, long periods of time, that's great. Fernando and Fernandinho, James Milner, they're very, very sharp. They run and they close people down and they get the ball. We've obviously got limited opportunity and we're then relying on breakaways and, and scoring goals like we did. However, when you're playing against a poor team at home, and it's, it's got worse and worse over the four years uh, since we first won the league, where more and more teams, it used to be Stoke, it then became Stoke and Crystal Palace, and now it's become seven, eight, nine, ten different teams who will come and sit with nine blokes behind the ball. And it is hard going to watch, to be fair. The atmosphere is not great because, you know, we, we keep the ball for 70% of the time, and it's hard to get in behind. And inevitably, the manager obviously thinks we're going to score eventually because the other team will get tired, but it's actually quite draining on the watching the blooming thing. And what Yaya Torre is brilliant at more than anybody else. Obviously, Silva and Nasri and Aguero round right in the box. But 
sort of 30 yards from goal, he never panics. He goes from right to left and left to right and forward. And, and in those sort of games, he is somebody that his, his ball retention is fantastic. And he'll take the ball at any point in the, on the pitch. Whereas not all players do that. I agree with that, really. But, you know, we should be big enough to be able to play without one of our star players. He's not the only star in the team. He's not the the only great player in the team. He, he is no, a great player on his day. He does look a bit lazy. I don't think he's that lazy, to be honest. But he does give that impression, and some, some of the fans don't like that sort of body language that he exudes. But we should be bigger than one player. We've got more than one player in this team. And, you know, we've won games without him before. You, you know, you, you were at Rome. He wasn't there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Different game, though, and different way of playing. And yeah, I agree. They didn't miss him as much there. But, I mean, anyway, listen, 10 wins out of 12, fantastic, delighted, and we're up with the greatest team ever that the press has described in Chelsea. And they are the champions, aren't they, apparently, like Liverpool were last year. Well, exactly. Paddy Power paid out, and that's how yeah. it works. But I think, you know, you're saying that we're, we're two points behind. We're, in fact, seven points better off than we were uh, when Chelsea had a nine-point lead over us and a, a, an eight points over Southampton. So, you know, we've made up seven points rather than two points behind. We're seven points better off than we were when Chelsea were, you know, winning everything. It wasn't that great on Sunday seeing Southampton sneak no. a 1-0 win. No. Well, I was going to talk about that, and, and <clears throat> what I don't understand is, and, and I know you know that I don't like talking about Stretford too much, but I, I don't want to miss the opportunity today particularly to talk about the fact that I think, looking at the statistics, that, that their new manager, Van Gaal, whatever he's called, um, has got exactly the same number of points as uh, our friend Mr Moyes. Yeah. And, and no yeah. one's up in arms about this. Same number of points, similar record, and this time last year after 21 games, Moyes out, Moyes out, and Van Gaal's the new hero. Help, help me understand that one, Reedy. Well, I, I don't understand it, and I said to you uh, way back when, I think I watched the first couple of games, about this great 3-5-2, um, and then the 3 for the Ajax, this, and, and he talks a really good game. I've yet to see, even on that, um, I watched their game when they played at, uh, at Southampton, and they won 2-1. They didn't play well that night. They haven't, and it's not because they're who they are, they just haven't looked to me like a side that is a real genuine threat to being a top, top side. I'm not convinced he's going he's to be the man. But there you go. Everyone else seems to be. He spent an awful lot of money. Yeah. And had it, if it had been City or it would have been uh, Chelsea or Wenger, I would suspect he'd be getting a slightly more difficult time than he is at the moment from the press. I think United have got a collection of on-paper good players they're not a team they don't seem to have a plan they switched against Southampton the other day from playing football to just hoofing it up down the middle Um, they don't seem to have any you know sense of what they're doing I think you know under Moyes it was exactly the same I don't think this guy has done much better I, mean, so, I have to say, I think United are ruining football, to be honest, all the money they're spending. is That's my view. I think they're completely yeah, they're, ruining football. They're, and trying, really they're trying to buy uh, a Champions League place. Absolutely. And I've never liked people who do that, so, no. so they, they can fuck off. Um, so let's talk about uh, the weekend, just briefly, uh, Reedy. So uh, the Everton well, game, uh, I know we talked about kind of the, the, the last 12, but let's just talk briefly about, you know, we did drop points, let's be honest. You could say away at Everton, you could well, be thankful I, for I a point. I didn't see the game. I didn't go up, obviously, obvious reasons and I only saw it on, I listened to it live and we played quite well by all accounts I watched on match of the day which obviously as ever 
they seem to make it out that Everton were the best. If you'd not watched the re- read the reports or watched or listened to the, the stuff that I had, you'd thought Everton were the better side. It's unbelievable. As ever. And my son, funny enough, wasn't with me the weekend, and he said to me, Dad, you know, we listened to it on Saturday. He said, when I watch Match of the Day Sunday morning, you think Everton were good. But there's Match of the Day. There's the BBC for you. So that's my first complaint. My, my other thing is, uh, like Stuart said, that, that they needed to finish their chances in the first half. And I've got a small complaint about that little right winger of ours who I really have begun to enjoy pl- watching. He's very quick on the break. He tries very hard. He gets back and does his defensive work. Very pleased with him. Unfortunately, he's not top class because when he gets an opportunity to score, he doesn't. He scored two great goals for us, uh, both in the Capital One Cup. He has the worst strike record of any player in the Premier League. And I think I'm right in saying that in Spain, he was exactly the same. He, he cannot shoot to save his life. However, defensively, he's a much more valuable member of the team than he was last year. And I think, you know, he should be playing, you know, training, shooting for an hour or two on the, on the practice pitch. Well, I don't understand it because he, he basically shoots in the same spot every game or every time he has a shot. It's from the same bit of the pitch. Well, surely you'd think he'd get a big white bit of chalk, draw it round that sort of square bit where he always finds himself, and actually just shoot at the goal in practice for half an hour a day. And we, you wouldn't believe what will happen in the game. It, it might go in occasionally. <laughs> I, I think I think on the on, on target first. On last week's uh, podcast, the, the guys were talking about you know defensively he's improved enormously. I was thinking, well, we didn't buy him to, for his defensive qualities. You know, we've got we've got the best back four in the land, and I think no, he, you know, he's, no, I, I don't agree with that. I, I agree with the guys last week. I think that um, he has improved as a team player. He does give us a terrific outlet because when he is defending, and then we do clear it, it's amazing how he gets his his work rate is incredible. I mean. He's, but Reedy, he can he can have great work rate. He can be a great defender. He's a winger. He's got to score goals as well, and he's got to we get. We don't get, have he's wingers got... anymore. I mean, I know I know you're from the fifties, but we don't have Tom Finney just standing out on the wide on Sammy the wide Matthews. line anymore, Nigel. You, wingers have to go up and down. I mean, we 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 go crazy for James Milner. Obviously, we as in the whole Man City crowd because of his work rate. Um, now, to be fair to Navas, although he, because he's slightly physically looking different looking but he is getting similar in that his work rate is terrific he, and, and Milne doesn't score and we don't moan but Navas just gets because he's quicker he gets so many bloody chances and he must well he misses them all doesn't he so yeah, yeah. well I'm, I'm going to come back to you Reedy because I'll come back to Tom Finney because he's, he's on my notes as well but is you know he, it does it, it is, <laughs> well, is. I'll, I'll explain why I'll explain why in a second but <laughs> what I was going to say was he didn't have know. a hit replacement did he <laughs> Listen, I forgot what I was going to bloody say now as well. Listen, Navas is in the team not for his work rate, and you know the the crowd get excited when players run their ass off and and wingers come back and defend. He's there as an attacking winger, and he's got to score more goals, and he's not scoring enough goals, and he doesn't look like scoring goals. He doesn't look like hitting the target. <laughs> Mind scoring goals. That's the problem. Is he, he does. If you think of the four guys that play wide, i.e., Nasri, Milner, Navas, and occasionally Silva. Of those four people, I imagine he scores... As, Milner's got two in one game when he plays. So he never scores from wide. Um, Silver rarely scores from wide. He started scoring since he went in the middle. Nasri, I think, has got one goal all season against um, against Roma. So they're all, they're all in a situation where maybe the way we play doesn't give them... He gets more chances than any of them because of his pace. But he, he just seems to drag it wide time and time and time again. He... 
You know, the, you know what the answer is? If he can't hit the target, he should be playing for Stretford because they didn't hit the target all day at the weekend. <laughs> now they should be in their side. He'd <laughs> be too good for them. Absolutely. Um, listen, I, w- I want to talk about Tom Finney then because the Ballon d'Or was announced and I think it's only fair that we have a chat about that. And I was talking to my dad, talking about me of the 50s. My dad, of course, who's 94 years of age. Um, and we were talking about this and, and, as we know, Ronaldo won it again and, and Messi... Um, the other question that springs to mind, who's the best player you've ever seen? And I know Stuart and I are probably going to come up with the same answer in terms of the City player, because we had that conversation before. Yeah. You're far too young to remember Colin Bell, of course, really. So. I don't, and he is, he, is, he is the best Man City player I ever saw. Um, but, but there's a little fellow at Man City at the moment in David Silva, who is very close to getting close to him. Yeah, you're right. Because I get excited when I watch, even more than Aguero, I get excited watching how good he is. So, so for my dad, and on his benefit, he oh, always sorry. mentions, and, and, and you may well have heard of this player, Stuart, uh, you may have heard of him as well, Reed, there's a fellow called Peter Doherty. Absolutely. Who my Brilliant. dad says, every other player you mention, not fit to lace his boots, Peter Doherty, the best City player he ever saw. My dad as well. So I then said to him, well, what, who's the best player you've ever seen? So, so let's just turn it on its head and, and just ask that question as we're talking Ballon d'Or. So best footballer you've ever seen, Reedy? Because my dad, well, to, give well, my you a, to give you a clue... Mine's really straightforward, and since 1970, when I have followed and watched football closely, I would, I would, anybody else who gives me any other name since 1970 is talking bollocks, and that's Diego Maradona. It's by far the best footballer I've ever seen. Pele? And we're going to, both of us, I've written Pele down here. So you, you wouldn't go, you go with Maradona ahead of Pele? Pele, is he Brazilian? Eusebio? He is. You're not sure about Eusebio. Okay. Well, my dad said Tom Finney. <laughs> and that's why what about Stanley Matthews? <laughs> he didn't know. He definitely mentioned Tom Finney, although he would have had Peter Dockey if it allowed him to do that. Yeah. I, I suppose my disappointment in terms of was sort of City players, and I, uh, in terms of Ballon d'Or, and I had Scott Sinclair and Jack Rodwell down on my list, and I'm surprised <laughs> that neither of them made it, Reedy. Really. I don't know if you've got a view on that. Well, I, I think Man City and awards don't really, to be totally honest with you, don't always go hand in hand. Um, Pellegrini and Mancini didn't seem to get the manager of the year. We've got nowhere near winning the individual player of the year, even though we've won the league twice in three years. I, I don't quite understand it. Having said that, when I thought of Sinclair and Rodwell, they probably would have come just behind <laughs> Messi, only by a little bit. What's your view of Ronaldo and Messi then? Do you think they got it the right way around? Do you think Ronaldo gets the vote in your view? I know it's done now, but I'm just interested in your view. Me, what I think, uh, I'd like to see the goalkeeper win it. Um, because he won the World Cup. I think he's by far the best goalkeeper in the world. And we put and three past him. Who, sorry? We put three past him. We put three past him. Well, yeah. to be fair, if you, if you kept goal behind those buffoons that, kept, that play in defence of Bayern Munich, you, 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 you'd, you'd have all sorts of problems. But he is a very good goalkeeper. They did win the World Cup in South America, which I thought was a fantastic achievement from any European side. And the night they beat Brazil by seven which obviously he was part of, was, was the game of the season for me. So, to be fair, I'd like to have seen somebody different win it. Having said that, the other two blokes are fantastic players. If we had to buy one, it would be Messi. Probably very Ronaldo, very Messi. <laughs> uh, could we afford him? Well, we probably could afford both if, if <laughs> FFP went in the way. Stuart, you're talking, you're talking about one of the richest men in the world. He can afford both to play in his garden. That's not. That, it wouldn't be about whether we could afford him. It's about whether we'd be allowed to afford him. Exactly. I think Messi's form has fallen away a little bit. I think they've, they've got a few problems at Barcelona. Um, 
I don't like Ladyboy at all, but I think he's probably the best player in the world at the moment. He talks very highly of you, Stuart. He, lo- he loves your work. I know he does. <laughs> so, w- talking of some realistic targets then, um, w- we know that the, the, at the time of recording this, the Bonnie deal, we understand, is just short of £30 million. It's, I don't think yeah. anybody's signed, but it sounds as though it's going to happen. You're, you're, our man at the, you're our press man, Stuart. You're, you've got th- your ear close to the ground. Bonnie going to be tomorrow, the next day. It's all th- a done deal. I think he's subject to a medical in Abu Dhabi. Uh, that's it, really. I think his personal terms have been agreed. The, the fee with Swansea has been agreed. It's, it's done. But so, I, I just, unless he fails a medical. Of course. But with me, I mean, with Milner as our now new out-and-out striker, I mean, is he, is he I don't know. Is he, probably I, I fifth quite, in the pecking order now. Yeah, he must have come behind Milner, surely, reading. Absolute, Mil, Milner ahead of Bonnie, yes? Yeah, I'd probably just. In fact, you know what? I've enjoyed watching Milner play centre-forward because he makes... Aguero is very good at standing still for long periods of time and then bursting into the action, uh, which is, you know, obviously must be very difficult to play in that position. Milner makes a run every single time a midfield player gets it. He must be absolutely... He got cramped. I think it was the Burnley game. He got cramped, but I had to come off. I mean, James Milner cramped. He sprinted every time he made a run down the channel. It's terrific. I love watching him. Uh, but I think we'll probably just go for the big, powerful lads from Ivory Coast. And what's your view? I know you, you look at the other teams and you've got fantastic knowledge, being serious for a moment, really, about other players in other teams. You must have watched Bonnie. You must have a view in terms of how good he is. I think we all know it's well publicised. 2014, he scored more goals in a calendar year than anybody else. Including your, Aguero, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so your view of Bonnie? Uh, my view of Bonnie is last New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I was in a pub. I went to see the Arsenal with my wife and City was Swansea away on the early TV. And we went into a pub to watch the game It's somewhere near Highbury or wherever they call it now, Emirates. And um, I watched the game. It was windy and rainy in an Arsenal pub and Boney was by far the best player on the pitch. He gave company a really difficult time and was big and powerful and strong. Scored two goals, one with his head, I think. And I remember saying to, to the missus, I'll tell you what, he's half a player. And here we are a year later and we're buying him, so that's good. Absolutely. I think um, Boney is strong, direct, um, you know, in many ways similar to Aguero, but about twice the size. Gary Neville thinks he's not the player for us. I don't know why. Why? When did he say that? He, said, he wrote that in the Telegraph this week. Um, oh. He's saying he's not the player we should have bought. So maybe, maybe did, the scum want him, I don't know. Did he have an alternative suggestion? No, not at all. We love Gary Neville on this show, don't we? We do. <laughs> so, any, any any other targets that anybody's seen? But obviously, transfer window still open. We we you know we got some leaving, and we can come back to Nasasic and so on, and Schalke and, and that. But in terms of coming in, any any other rumours? Any other? Where have we got gaps? Where would we, where could we do with sort of uh, mm-hmm. strengthening? Any any thoughts? Uh, I think I think in January we don't really need. I think what we've done is great, and I think. If Sinclair goes, that's great because you'll get a bit of money back. I think the summer, we we do seriously need to start thinking about... I mean, if, if Kolarov manages to have another season there, then I, I can't understand why because he can't, he can't defend at the, at the highest level. And now he's beginning to pass it to the other team. So I'd be delighted. At least he's been great, but they need another top-class left-back uh, and possibly another midfield player. But, um, and I, I imagine they'll get rid of the, other, the two other forwards and get another forward in, in the summer. I think we should be looking for a Torre replacement in the next year or so. Yeah, so not easy, so. are they? No, not at all, but I think we could bring maybe a younger player in. Um, Pogba. Yeah, Pogba's agent is saying today that he's not happy 
and that City and Chelsea are uh, looking at possibilities, possibilities. But who knows? Right. But that's an agent talking. And, and, yeah. and the other one that you and I, uh, earlier in the week, really, had, had a communication about was obviously Milner and, and can obviously are a striker. That would be the stupidest thing ever because, uh, firstly, his versatility, which he's proved time and time again. Secondly, his work rate. Thirdly, a bit like how Lampard does, he understands every ground, every condition. He's English, which is great for the Champions League. And if they were to get rid of if, if eventually, if he was going this summer for a potential 15 million, then I'd say, well, at least you've got 15 million. But to think that he might go on a free to a, a fellow club would be an absolute... Oh, be, Scandal. Whoever's done that business has done badly. He's going to sign, though, isn't he, do you think? Pellegrini oh, says he will sign in the next few days. <laughs> so he well, said, no, he did, on TV the other day. Excellent. Um, and then sort of the exit door, you've mentioned Sinclair and obviously Nasser Sitch, um off to Schalke 04, as they used to be known. Yeah. Still have to think of them as Schalke 04. Um, sorry to see him go, Reedy, or surplus to requirements? In his first season, he did terrific, I thought. And, uh, and he certainly, uh, 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 defensively, I would probably put more trust in him defensively than I would the £20, £32 million pound signing we got currently. £42 million, but, apparently. Oh, really? Well, there you go. So it's, you know, I mean, ultimately, uh, if Pellegrini doesn't fancy him, he doesn't fancy him, he's got to go. Uh, he, did, he didn't seem to kick on in his second season, to be fair. No. But maybe that's the confidence that, uh, or lack of confidence that he got from the manager. I don't know. Mancini had faith in him. He played him, his debut was made at Real Madrid. Um, he played, I think he improved gradually in that season. Last season, he wasn't so good. This season, Pellegrini's played him once in the Community Shield. There must be something that Pellegrini has seen with all our problems, you know, and injuries that he thinks, I don't want him to play in our team. So one has to say, we have faith in our manager, otherwise let's change the manager. But, you know, Pellegrini's seen something, probably on the training ground, I don't know, uh, that forces him or makes him believe that that Nastasic is not for us. I mean, talking, I hate to sort of criticise City players, but there is one player that we've just touched on that I'm really concerned about. And, and people say that, you know, it takes half a season to get used to the pace of the Premier League. And there is an argument that says you play football at that level, you play football at that level. So, so Stuart, kick us off with Mangala then and just, right. just, just put, put us straight on this. I'm just concerned. That he's, just, he's making too many errors. Yeah. He just doesn't look up to the task. He doesn't think. I don't think he's got a footballing brain, which is a huge, huge problem. Um, he's, he's very fit. He's very muscular. He's very athletic. Uh, but I'm not sure he's got a brain like company has. You know, when he's out of position, he gets back into position. I think Mangala, once he's sold himself, game over. Um, hopefully, you know, a lot of players don't play so well in their first season in the Premier League. Let's hope it's a case of that. You wouldn't expect a team like a City to pay £42 million pounds for a raw, inexperienced youngster, which is what he looks like at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit perplexed. Are you a Mangala fan, Reedy? No. <laughs> Can Dis- you elaborate? Discuss. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, well, I, it, this is, it, a, this it, is the Man City show. This is a podcast, so we're, we're interested in oh, discussing things, just to remind you. Okay, I've got you now. No, if we'd spent, if he'd come out the reserves, or we'd spent five million on him from 
some unknown team, yeah. I would say to you, OK, well, let's give him a chance. My problem with the whole Mangala thing is, and he has shown, I mean, I was at the Chelsea game and he was terrific and one or two other games he's been OK. He did well in Rome, for example. But when you spend 30 or £40 million pounds on a footballer, you tend to think to yourself as you're driving to the game, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, whatever position. And he's nowhere near a 30 or 40 million pound footballer. And that, for me, my worry is Pellegrini and uh, the two lads from Barcelona who do all these sort of deals and go out and watch people. Have they seriously thought to themselves, because it doesn't matter if he improves a lot, he'll never be a 40 million pound footballer. Well, he might. No, 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 no. He might be a 20 million pound footballer. He might be a 15 million pound footballer. He will never be top class. He'll never be Vidic or company, he will never be that good. We shall see. Well, he won't be, because he hasn't got the talent. You can see it. <laughs> the same as Navas will never be silver. I mean, it, 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 you, can't, you can improve, but you, you can't change, change your whole footballing style. Yeah. And Yaya will never be a Rodwell. <laughs> Thankfully. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> Although Rodwell did score this season. I, he did, did, at my very point. Absolutely. And I've never seen Yaya hit it, so which is weird for a man of six foot eight. So there you go. Before we talk about the weekend, there are just a couple of other things I want to touch on. And, and, and one is, I want to take you to task here, Reedy, because you, you may not remember this, but after, I don't know, three games, I said how good Southampton were looking. And you said, don't be ridiculous, it's three games. After, I think, about seven games, I said the same. And you said, don't be, they've not played any of the big teams. So I'm going to yep. come back to you. 21 games, give me yep. some credit here. And yep. look at your own performance here on this podcast, Mr. Reed. Yep. Southampton are looking a very impressive outfit, considering all the people they've lost, new manager, very, and they I are and they are third. I, I see that, and, and well done you for for even thinking that they. I was I was fortunate enough to drive to Southampton to watch Manchester City play, and trust me, not at any point during that ninety minutes did I think to myself, oh, Southampton are like a top four side. And the sad thing is, at this current Premier League level this season, Man City and Chelsea are a little bit like United and Arsenal were 10 years ago, are streets ahead of the rest. Streets ahead. Arsenal, to be fair to them, once they pull themselves together, Sanchez is the signing of the season. He's fantastic. Looks a great player. So once they get all their players back, I would suggest they're clearly the third best team. The rest of them, and we touched on uh, Stratford earlier, the rest of them, Everton, they are miles away. So Southampton are, are, are dogging around in third or fourth. They might end up there. They are very well organised. They've got two very hard-working midfield players. Schneidlin, obviously, is a good player. The coaches obviously knows what he's doing. But, um, but you know, ultimately... They're, they're dogging around in third or fourth. They're in a Champions League place in the English Premier League. They're going to end up with oh, a well, European exactly. place. The English Premier League. I mean, how, how good is that currently? I don't know. You have to tell me. I think Swansea are seventh, aren't they? West Ham are sixth. Or something ridiculous. Goodness me. Um, before we move on, um, have you got a view about South? I, I think, you, I think they're, they're, a good side. they're a good side in a poor league. Okay. 
Okay. Thank I'll, you, Stuart. Thank, yeah. Thanks for putting some sense in the You're podcast. Welcome. You're welcome. I'll, I'll, listen, I'll keep returning to this theme, Mr. Reid, if it suits me, of course. If it doesn't, okay, I might, cool. might convenient. Let's, let's see where they end up. Absolutely. Um, we, just, we, I think we should spare a thought for Sir Jack Haywood and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, you know, just, just no, seriously. He he's, I don't know if you've heard. He, he died this evening um, and put what two million pounds in in 1990 and sold the club for ten quid a few years later but basically build a brand new stadium and transform them and this is a local fella putting money into his club Stuart is this going to happen again do we see chairman like this anymore local lad as I say money into his local club and I think if you talk to any Wolves fans he's, he's a hero he's isn't a he hero, absolutely and they've got a stand named after him and a jar of pickles as well but I don't think that will ever happen again you know like Blackburn had a chairman who poured money into the club Burnley I think had a chairman like that not anymore I think my, my favourite story that came out today was uh, that he went to the Wolves Museum recently, and this is a true story, and uh, there's kind of a bit of a memorial to him as well for what he'd done, and, and they asked him to sign the visitor's book, and he simply put, glad to have helped. Ah. <laughs> so uh, before we move on to... to some Your favourite player was Tom Finney as well, I've heard. <laughs> before we move on to finish with uh, the game at Arsenal on Sunday, which will have great interest in your house, really. Yeah, Sorry, at the Etihad, we'll have great... Uh, thank you, Stuart. We'll have a great significance in your house, Reedy. Um, I just want to talk about the Hearts Intermediate F- Sunday Cup fifth round, Green Dragon against Queenshead Sandridge, which I officiated um, on Sunday morning. And whilst warming up, I saw one of the uh, Sandridge players with a Manchester City um, track top on and inquired about him, went over, had a chat, and I was delighted that I reckon he was man of the match, actually. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't exactly the quickest on the pitch or the biggest on the pitch, but uh, holding but midfield... the penalties you gave him out. No, not at all. <laughs> he was ended up actually on the losing side, but he was brilliant. Um, his name's Adam Potter, um, and he's following us now on Twitter, and uh, uh, great to have another City fan in this neck of the woods, and uh, good, good, good to have a new fan to the pod, and I said I'd give him a mention, uh, but he played brilliantly. Um, he, he's, he was... Uh, Head and shoulders above the rest, controlled that midfield and looked a proper player. So, uh, who was he reminiscent of, Nigel? Anyone from the City team that you thought, you know, past or present that you felt he, 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 I could relate him to? Um, I think he was in the sort of um, Dennis Lehman mould, if you remember Dennis Lehman. <laughs> the old football lad. Exactly. It went to Sheffield Wednesday, I think, didn't he? So it certainly looked like Dennis Lehman. And, uh, but no, he, he, looked, he could, looked a class player and uh, we said we'd give him a mention. Um, so, so Arsenal on Sunday at the Etihad. And uh, we'll finish off with this. Um, so, Reedy, you can kick off. We, I think you, we've had your wife in here, who's a big Arsenal fan. And uh, what, what does she think? I don't suppose she's around. Has she, she got a view she's on this? Not, she, she's not. And we haven't discussed it at this point um, because they know that there'll be too much gloating if we win. So we're hopeful. I mean, it should be... Firstly, what's really great is it, it, it should be an open game. And to be fair to Wenger, wherever he goes, he'll play open. And uh, so the train journey up there will be exciting because we'll be looking forward to seeing a decent game of football where all the best footballers, i.e. Sanchez and Silva and all those other guys, will be allowed to play. My, I think City will win. Uh, my only small concern is Aguero, who was obviously sensational before he got injured. Um, he does tend... We, I saw him last year at Tottenham when he was brilliant for 30, 40 minutes, got injured. His next game was the League Cup final where he was absolutely hopeless. And then Barcelona away, he wasn't great. I worried it takes him time to get up to speed. He wasn't great in the World Cup for Argentina. And, and if he isn't up to speed, who will score the goals would be a small concern. But hopefully it will be OK. 
And, and Stuart, do you think Arsenal got the, the got it in them to to finish out of Southampton? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Apparently, Pellegrini tonight is saying that Sanchez is the best player in the Premier League. So, may, let's hope he doesn't prove that. Any, on Sunday. Any, any prediction from you for Sunday? And your thoughts uh, the way the game's going to go? I think Reedy's right. They're going to play an open game, Arsenal, which suits us. We always do well against teams that come out and attack us. We, we should win. Well, listen, Stuart, thanks for coming along. Um, really good to see you. And, and Reedy, we wish you well. Are you going to be able to get to the Etihad? Are you going to sort of get on your crutches and, and get I there hope somehow? So. I hope so. My fingers are firmly crossed. And, um, it, and if you need me next week, I'll tell you all about my journey. That'll be exciting, won't it? It's really good to have you back on the show. So to Stuart Brodkin and to Stuart Reed, thank you for joining us. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.